At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. You're listening to the Hunting Land Man podcast. This is Slade Priest, your host, the Hunting Land Man. Rack buck down here on opening day. If you're interested in rack bucks and real estate and everything that has to do with hunting property, this is the podcast for you. Well, here we go, episode 45 of the Hunting Land Man podcast. And this is a remote podcast all the way from Wakan, Iowa. We'll go with Decorah. Decorah, Iowa. Northeast Iowa. Yes. Uh, I've got Kurt Heddington here with UC Hunting Properties. I've got Travis Hamley, the founder of UC Hunting Properties, on the phone. Travis is just down the road. He uh, had a really good hunt this afternoon. I filmed Kurt this afternoon when uh, we had a really good hunt. But before I get too far, as always, the Hunt Land Man podcast is brought to you by Southern Ag Credit. They take great care of us. And where I'm headed tomorrow, Missouri, they even they even finance land in Missouri for our uh, southern borrowers down there. So, um it's weird for me to say down there in Missouri because it's way north of where I am. But anyway, uh, thank y'all for being on. And, Kurt, thank you for having us up. Uh, just to get y'all up to speed, let me let me kind of tell you a little more about who everybody is. Kurt, give me your um, give me your title at UC Hunting Properties. Gosh, uh, do I get to make one up? Sure. This, hey, yeah. um, it's your lie. Tell you how you want to. I don't even know how to tee that up, Trav. I mean, I feel like the gopher at UC Hunting Properties, but I don't know, like maybe a program manager or something. I don't. We got some. We we, we got to come up something cooler than that. No, it's the uh, kind of the coordinator of the whole program. Yeah, program manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brand manager. Brand manager. See, Lori's the brand manager. Brand manager of Hunting Landman Podcast. Dude, Lori's the the manager of all things Slade Priest. Well, I gave her a cool name. Well, and then Travis, uh, Travis is the owner and founder of Midwest Lifestyle Properties, formerly Hamley Properties and Auctions. Am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, they are, uh, you know, usually the number two office in in the nation behind Southern States Realty. But when we do lose, we lose to them. (laughs) But, uh, and and it is so, it's so fun because we're, uh, you know, we're all, we're all, I mean, like, competition it's not really a competition we talk we talk we talk all the time and it's really more trash it's way more trash talking talk over the text messages usually oh, yeah. sparked by brad smith or scott Lindsay. oh yeah makes sense i mean especially you know i mean i hate to bring up bad things like when uh you know your guys' office got set on fire and you know yeah uh, so did kurt do that too yeah <laughs> he's the gopher uh, you guys were like, well, geez, you set our, you know, our 
office on fire so you guys can get to number one. And I mean, that, that's the kind of trash talk. Well, you know, there's just a coincidence that like two weeks before the office got set on fire, I, my primary office was now Natchez. So, it, I mean, somebody said, well, that place ain't worth having now. Light a match. <laughs> Light a match. But uh, we all we are well underway with new construction. We're getting more offices. The office is going to be better. So um, uh, we're we're blessed. Nobody was hurt um, or anything. We had very very little damage. And, and shockingly, we had moved some office around. We had very little, very little things that weren't replaceable in, sure. in there. So it, it turned out good. But anyway, blessing in disguise. Yep. Um, so Kurt's had us up. Uh, we I drew an Iowa tag this year, and uh, I was fortunate enough to feel all my Iowa tags yesterday, so we'll go into that. Um, Kurt's got us up here. He's got all these forms set up. We're blessed enough to come up here and hunt, and uh, we hunted day and a half. Uh, first morning, um, let, me, let me get back to the first morning. First morning, no, first afternoon. You came in. Yeah, yeah. first first afternoon, saw a lot of deer walking in. Saw a couple deer here and there, kind of a slower afternoon, but yesterday morning, uh, it was hot pretty hot yesterday morning we got in there it is november we're recording this on november the 5th so this will be november the 4th morning magic in northeast iowa in november in the hardwoods um kurt you were hunting just down the way yep uh you had a pretty decent hunt too because you remember we we're gonna get down and then it's it just seems like it just sparked off like timing wise you guys got here and look all the signs were that you timed it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like weather-wise. Yeah, weather-wise. Deer cast. And, and deer cast went from literally, I don't know, six, seven-day run of, of great, mm-hmm. literally. Uh, super high barometric pressure. And he, you guys got here. It was going to warm up. The winds were going to kick out of the south. I mean, all, all the stuff we don't want in November. And I was a little concerned. I'm not going to lie. Um, but then, lo and behold, I think uh, you probably had the best sit. One of the I, – I, I, ha- I can't think of a better rut sit. So let me let me let me yeah, get us up to speed. Up. Uh, uh, so that morning, uh, we had a great hunt. We're hunting, and um, in this area where we're hunting is a giant six point. Sounds and stupid, right? It sounds stupid until you see him. He looks <laughs> he looks like this elk I'm looking at on the wall. I'm I'm serious. Hey Slade, would you have shot that six point? A hundred percent. I told you, he asked me, you think Slade would shoot it? I said he'll shoot that thing at a heartbeat. Look, I'm hunting age, baby. Uh, and I'm laughing because I told Turtle, I said, if Slade doesn't smash that deer, I'll put you on him. And Turtle's right here filming, if y'all didn't know. Yeah. And so then so then when you text me and you're like, dude, he's here, I see him, or, you know, he's chasing does and stuff, I'm like, oh, Turtle's going to kill me. Slade's going to hammer this thing. So we get in there, and we're having a good hunt. We're seeing a lot of deer. Uh, and the six comes out, and he is dog in her doe and he makes two laps on the ridge above us two laps and so we're thinking okay next lap we got a saddle it's a lot of pinch points a lot of deer coming there so he's coming well that didn't up happening but we kept seeing deer kept seeing deer uh, another buck pushed a doe a little young 11 point came right under us i rattled and then another probably a four-year-old 11 point that had the bow. he was big enough he had the bow in the hand and then no he's not the right deer had a really good footage of him, so a great morning hunt. Got out at like 12, 12, 15. Mm-hmm. Sat, sat later than normal, but right. based on activity. But uh, And Kurt had a good hunt as well. So we went in the afternoon, different spot. Wind was switching around. Um, and when Kurt kind of said, well, he kind of told me we can go this spot, this spot, and he said, mowed corn. Oh, my. I'm like, look, I know how to kill a well, deer over corn. technically, 
it was mowed just to have some shooting lanes. Right. So, but the um, but it was sta- basically a standing cornfield, uh, with some shooting lanes and then a uh, plowed field back behind me. So, uh, Kurt literally, you know, from a from a um, you know, he knows this area, knows these deer. We pulled up to the base of the stand, basically ten yards from the stand, in an F two fifty. We get out, you know, we're quiet about getting out. Or wherever Kurt goes, he's hunting farther down the farm. Well, before Kurt even gets in his stand, literally, I crawled up, I hung Hunter's stand, hung him a uh, Novix Hilo up there. He got in the stand. I sat down. I've got, Travis, I've got my backpack on. I don't even, I, I don't even, I don't have a safety system. I don't have, I've got range finder, nothing. I look coming across the thing, and now I know it was the deer I shot coming across the corn. I mean, just barreling after I said get the camera on get the camera on so I'm grabbing release and then I look around I'm like okay it's too far I've got to have a range finder so I'm getting range finder and I finally and and that goes on for what 10 minutes before we get a shot and so I text Kurt while they were running around out farther out in the corner I said dude it's going off over here there's bucks everywhere it ended up being like about 10 bucks and finally the buck comes back out chases the doe to the lane uh, right under the stand, goes the opposite direction. He loses the doe. Young buck, young buck comes past us, and I had just rained this cor- corner of the cornfield. It was 40, but it was so far below me, it was uh, it was like 41 on the range finder, but I had to shoot for 35. Yep. It was like almost like an elk shot. Well, Trav, you know, because, I mean, it's... It's where you killed. Yeah, you, you killed yours out of the blind further down the ridge, but you understand the height difference between yep. the field and, yeah. Yep. But it only took me an afternoon. So. <laughs> well, I only hunted there one afternoon. That's true. That's true. And his hunt, well, you're both, yours was faster there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, anyway, the deer comes out, uh, shot him. I knew I'd hit him a touchback liver, but I felt like it was quartering away, and I shot him with a really big three-blade three B3 expandable, the Meg. And for that shot, the perfect broadhead. We waited till the next day. Had a great hunt the rest of the afternoon. Saw a bunch of deer. Kurt, we may have seen his shooter, and he heard that chase going by him. So it's a lot going on there. And literally from the time we got in the tree till we got down, there was some kind of chasing or something going on. And it was it was magic. I mean, it was chaos. It, it was crazy. You could tell the first couple hot does were in that area, and every buck, who knows how far. And and it makes sense. We were talking about before the podcast. You know, November the 4th, typically we think most breeding happens after November the 4th. But it would make sense for those six, eight, ten does on, I mean, bucks on this doe because she was one of the first ones to come in. For sure. I mean, we... And I watched her get bred twice. Today, um, morning and this afternoon, I watched does still packing fawns. Right. So, you'd argue they're not even close to coming in if they're still packing their fawns. Right, right. I mean, yeah, that... I mean, that happened to me tonight. I was out there, and there, I mean, the field was full of does and fawns. And that buck that I ended up passing came out and just dogging every one of them, seeing if any of them were, you know, ready. That's kind of like what we were seeing, dude. Yeah. I, left, you know, discouraged with his head down. <laughs> luckily, he didn't have an arrow in him. You hunting yeah. some pretty good deer up there, Travis? Yeah. It's, uh, I'm hunting a ghost deer that doesn't exist, I think. I know the uh, feeling. But. Well, Kurt, I won't speak too much of it, but he, Kurt's hunting a really, really, really big one, and uh, I think, I think he's there. I think I he's think there. I think you've seen him. I mean, based yeah. on what you both said, I, I think you've seen him. I, I, I think he's there. I think he's uh, it's right now. 
you got you like where would we have put a camera this afternoon where we would have had all the deer you know like it's not it's and then if you do it's the doe first or the young buck first yep. and do you get the yep. buck so it's hard to say but i've been watching my cameras in missouri they look decent this afternoon there's a big shooter right after dark so me and hunter are going to probably be there tomorrow afternoon really cool treat um i'm going to the expedition factory which i've never been to the, before we're going to um, do a couple things to my uh, new X31. Excited about that. It is. Uh, it needs a little Gatorade because it's, uh, I think, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hold on. Let me back up. Let me tell you why it needs some Gatorade. <laughs> so, anyway, after I shot the buck, you know, in Iowa, you get a buck and a doe tag. Mm-hmm. And you don't tempt me with a good time like yeah. a fat, fat Iowa doe. <laughs> and I think, you know, they had this thing called Chasing 49. You kill turkeys in all 49 states that have them. I want to start a doe thing kill a doe, doe in every state i think that wow. that should be a what's thing. wrong with you I, I like shooting stuff man <laughs> i like shooting stuff but uh anyway so i text i went the doe was down in the corner and she was like 40 45 and, and it was down towards where the buck was and i said ah, i'm not doing that and so then she started coming up the hill to us like in the bedroom with us and i said i text her and said you want any doe shot he said if you want to shoot her well didn't take long. No, we watched her fall, and she fell on the road. Which is perfect. Yeah, yep. Fell on the road in the opposite direction of the buck, so everything was good, and shot her two hours after we shot the buck, two and a half hours. So we've got, uh, uh, let me say this, Travis, we've got a lot of Iowa deer meat in the freezer right now. Well, I had some uh, last night, actually, from my last year, so it's nice. good. Yeah, it is good. They, y'all's deer eat better than our deer, but uh, hopefully we're going to, I've got. Eat like cattle, right? Yeah. Hopefully, I'm going to have two more in Missouri. I've got, uh, and then I got a doe tag in Missouri, too. So, just saying, maybe three. When are you hunting Missouri? I'm, I, I, tomorrow afternoon, I will be in a tree. Okay. Uh, so, we're, I hadn't decided where we're going to go yet. Um, I got, we got uh, fortunate to have a lot of options. Just got to uh, figure, and the, nothing's like, and, and I'm glad Kurt's in and said, there's nothing like, usually in Missouri, I'm like, okay, if I go sit this field with this wind two or three days, something's dying. Right now, the cameras are just kind of all over the place. Shooter here, shooter here, a couple does here. So I, I don't know. But anyway, um, needless to say, we had a great hunt. We found our, we found my buck this morning. He died. Um, he was dead yesterday. Yeah, he, he died 10 minutes after I shot him. I mean, he was he, it exited in the lungs. But we were being safe, and he was just as dead this morning as he was yesterday afternoon. Fact. Meat was good. It got down in the 30s last night, so we're all good. Uh, and we're, uh, thank you so much for having us up. That was, that was fun. You're welcome. And, uh, we got a big old bruiser. He just an old beast. I don't know. When you post the picture, you know, the, the drone picture, you laying next to that big mm-hmm. thing. That's pretty cool. He, he's, he's a, I mean, he's, he's was, I don't know, 270 pounds. He was I big. He was a big old deer, but uh, a great hunt and uh, super blessed to be up here. So, uh, kind of tell you backstory. I told Kurt I'll maybe draw an Iowa tag. He said, "Hey, you come on up here." And uh, we've been working with Southern States Realty and Huntland Man. We've been working with uh, Kurt and Travis and everybody involved with UC Hunting Properties uh, for a, for a long time. But we've really um, and let me see if I'm saying this right. We're really ramping it up right now. We've got, we've got all the things that Travis and I put in our wish bucket list are starting. To, we're heading down that road. Is that is that fair to say, Travis? I, I would say the wish bucket is getting actually added to also. Nice, uh, nice. What we wanted. And, uh, you know, 
good things come to those who wait, I guess they say, right? That's right. Well, see, the cool thing about what UC Hunt Properties is, okay, let me, if people listen and walk, what is UC Hunt Properties? What is, okay, so United Country is our, is our main brand, United Country. And United Country sells everything outside of urban America. And let me just say this. Every other real estate company you're thinking of when I say land real estate company, we sell more in a month than they sell in a year. And that's not debatable. That's just statistics. Those I'm not, are facts. Those are facts. I'm not picking on them. But we sell a lot. You know, I, I say this all the time about, like, um, you know, in our area, how much I sell or how much our office sells. I told a client the other day, they were like, well, do y'all do a lot in Wilkeson County? I said, I said, I hadn't ran the statistics this year, but in past years, if it was over 100 acres in Wilkeson County, it was a 70% chance that either me and my office sold it. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. Good run rate. Mm-hmm. Good market share. That's a great market share. Any, anyway, um, and but United Country is like that across the country. Uh, you know, we sell a lot of ground. I mean, you know, and we sell big stuff. We sell little stuff. And, 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 and you know, I've heard my clients say this well your competition said you know y'all sell and i don't but our office sells houses and small acreages and stuff like that i sell more bigger stuff i focus on that i said but i tell my client i said who do you think buys a million dollar farm a guy with a half a million dollar million dollar house and guess what we can service them both okay so okay that's united country now you see hunting properties you know we needed a brand to put on your hat to put on your shirt, like Kurt's got on, you know, to put a sticker on your truck. Because we are, you know, the UC Hunting Properties agents, we're the guys who wait five years to draw an Iowa tag. We're the guys who say, hey, man, why don't y'all come down and shoot a hog with us? And why don't you come up and shoot a deer with me? We're we're the guys who we're all going on the elk hunt in Montana together next year. Like, that's who we are. And so that's what our, you know, that's what our clients are, our recreational clients. Of course, we sell big farm ground and stuff like that. And so... Something that I've talked about on the podcast before, but now I got these two guys on, I can reemphasize this. Uh, we're not playing land realtor. We're not the guy who goes hunting, opening day of rifle season, and then takes his picture in his goofy clothes. And I'm not saying any names, <laughs> but you know where I'm going with that. He takes his picture and oh, I'm heading hunting or whatever, dude. I live and breathe this stuff. It's in our DNA. That's it. I mean, like. Like, we're talking about, you know, if this deer makes it and, uh, da, 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 you know, putting this much corn, oh, is that giant muscanus working? Is this a sand? Like, like this is what we do. Yep. And and I think that that's, that's what we're going for with UC Hunting Properties is, is like, this is what we do. And, you know, uh, kudos to Whitetail. They've done a great job of marketing, marketing their, um, you know, their self in, in, in that realm. Mossy Oak tried. Um but the sheer fact of the matter is our technology, our agents, our reach, our footprint, you add all those companies together and they may be half. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably a fact. And, um, and, uh, and, and we're only trying to, to make things better. Uh, so you see huntingproperties.com. If you've never been there, it's a, a lot like a lot of the other land sites. It's, it's one of the better ones. I get more leads from it than anywhere, but I push it a lot. Um, and it's geared, uh, Travis, tell me the, uh, to be on uchuntingproperties.com, it's got to be 20 acres and above. And then you have, and, and, and people out there listening, clients of mine, you ever get on listings and it's got two pictures and no maps or anything? Well, that you can't get on UC Hunting Properties like that. It has to be a good quality listing with good pictures, good maps. And what else is, what else does it take and, to get on uh, there? The, um, we do have businesses 
also. So if there's a hunting business, we do have that. Um, yeah, like outfits. You know, uh, auction category. And we do on special approval, if we have like a seven-acre cabin that borders 10,000 acres of public hunting, and we can relate that around that, uh, we do allow those on occasion if they fit that, you know, it can't be next to a state park that can't be hunted. I mean, that... I don't know. You got have a six-acre food plot. Yeah. It was a seven-acre <laughs> track. I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, nothing better than a neighbor that don't hunt. <laughs> yeah. Especially but, if it's a preserve. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, we, and uh, every, every listing before it goes live gets reviewed by our office, um, you know, the EC hunting properties, just to make sure it fits those guidelines. And, uh, I mean, the other day I was sitting here, reviewing things uh just making sure everything was falling in line so we have that buttoned upness that uh, is needed in this sector you know and i think people search land a lot of different ways but the guys i should say people i shouldn't say guys people looking for recreational or hunting properties there isn't really one website other than UC hunting properties where when you go there, that's all you're looking at right, is, right. is a rec farm. Mm-hmm. And look, there's some of my out there saying, well, what about they sell house trailers on half acre? I watch it all the time. I, they use it as, as, as they use it as ammunition against us. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, I, I thought I saw you post on Facebook yesterday, a half acre and a house trailer. Congratulations. Yeah. Nothing wrong with half, half an acre and a house trailer. I own ha- a half acre with a house trailer. She gone, Trav. You, you know what? I look at that slate is uh, you might get a hundred acres in a house trailer, but what you learned on that half acre with that house trailer will get make you a better agent for your client on that hundred acres with that house trailer. Well, the last time somebody called me about listing a half acre in a house trailer, I just bought it and I rented it out. It works out real good. <laughs> but um, so, Travis, Kurt, tell me, uh, okay, you see hunting properties. We we got some stuff going on. I'll, I'll start it and y'all finish it. Okay, one of the things we're doing now, we're doing some training, which was needed. Uh, training on making all of us better agents. We did it actually up here in Iowa uh, at Mark Hex Farm earlier this year. Uh, we went and uh, I spoke and uh, several other people spoke. Uh, we talked about best practices as far as video, deer management, did our deer steward one course, uh, and camaraderie and things like that. Learning from the other top agents, I think, is the strongest thing. I know we've got that. What else do we have coming down the pipe that people can look for for UC hunting properties that we can talk about? You go on or my trail. He's looking at you, Trav. Go ahead, uh, Kurt. Uh, sure, sure. Talk about. I think the the one big thing that we're really focused on is we already know we have the best agents. Like, and, and, and I don't care what state we're talking about, the the members that are part of UC Hunting Properties, they're all top guns where they're at. That's right. And and I always use that island analogy, right? You guys all live on islands at United Country because everyone puts their head down and gets to work and, and owns huge market shares, you know, we're in their region, let's call it. So our goal is to truly up the marketing game for UC hunting properties and show people the true scope and scale of what's out there. Cause it doesn't matter if you're in Mississippi or Louisiana or up here in Iowa, Wisconsin, if you're down in Texas, out in Colorado, I mean, name the spot. We have an agent that, that services that area that yeah. services that area, but also 
thinks like us, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in hunting and the outdoors and all of the above, right? I'm going to stop because this is a good point. Okay, clients. I have a lot of my clients listen to this podcast. Here's the deal. I get it. You want to call the agent who has it listed. Yep. Okay, well, look, first of all, it doesn't cost you anything for us to represent you on a thing like that. Here's what, here's what the difference is. And uh, Hunter's been part of this a million times, and I know Travis is like this because I know his character. Uh, and I know so many of our agents' character. When you call me and say, you know, first of all, you first for any client, you should say, what's your goals? Okay? Because as a professional, like a fitness trainer or anything else, if you tell me your goals, I back it up from there. Okay? And so if you call me on a certain area and say, Slate, I only shoot, I only want to shoot five-year-olds, with my bow. Or, or let's take the other thing. Let's say, Slate, I'm not, look, I just want my kids to see your six point. I just want my kids to be able to see some deer at one hunting. Sure. Okay, well, if you want that, we don't need to spend the money on the top end ground. We can get you more acres for cheaper and still accomplish your goals. If you just call the guy that's got it listed that works for Pick Your Poison, Century 21, Keller Williams, whoever, right. that, that's not a, a hunter and, and markets themselves like we do, they don't know. I mean, they don't know, and and you can be doing yourself a disservice. And guess what? It doesn't cost you any more money for a top-end agent like ourselves. The correct thing to do is if you do call the agent, say, look, I've already got an agent. I'm just trying to find a little information from you. Or call one of us, and we run down the information. Now, usually, we have to make our own maps and do all that because they don't have them or don't know how to make them, which is fine, too, and we can get you all the information, but you're doing yourself a disservice by not going with a hunter, a, a, a real land pro, versus just a guy who has his name on the sign. Not all farms are created equal, right? Not I mean, that, and, and I think that's what people don't understand. They think, hey, you buy in rural America, you can go hunting on it, and that might be true, but the difference is, you know, if you're looking for the right 20 or 30 or 80 or 300 acres, for that matter, they're not all the same. Um, so when we look at it from a hunting perspective, I just think you're getting a different skill set or mindset for sure on if that farm is going to meet your goals. That's right. That's right. Well, and, um, and with that, and with that, Kurt um, and uh, Slade, you know, not every farm is equal, and some farms are dialed in, ready to go. I mean, stands in place, years of history, food, you know, food plots pretty much as turnkey as you're going to get it versus a rough farm and they can be within a mile of each other everybody's going to think the comps are the same but they're not right that actually that's a really good point yeah and And explain that to somebody and understand how much it costs because we do it ourselves that's it that's it and a lot of people can afford that extra little chunk and say, do you have this many extra hours a week to work on your farm and you're two hours away or an hour away? And uh, they automatically start putting two and two together and understand that even the the more expensive farm that's turnkey is a better value. Well, truly to understand that, the value. I mean, heck, that one we worked on last week, Trev, that was 195 acres, but there was probably $20,000 in blinds, in tree stands, getting left on the place. Right. That alone, yep. I said, mm-hmm. you you could justify it. There's $100 an acre right you there. got it. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, Travis, one thing, 
I've noticed as my career has come, you know, I buy more property. I spend more money. I do more projects, you know, as, as I'm getting older, my income goes up. And what that does is just like you said, Travis, like if somebody says, I don't know, that form costs a lot more. And okay, you have to be the professional in the room, not just an order taker. I tell my clients all the time, I'm not an order taker. You want a professional, I'll be a professional. So anyway, all right, Kurt, you want, you told me you wanted a farm with a pond on it and you wanted it turnkey because you didn't have a lot of time. Well, this is that. This is that. Do you want to spend two years or you want to spend five years getting enough fish in your pond for your grandkids to fish? Because this right. one's already got it. No, I don't want to spend that time. You got to be the professional to to explain to them what's actually going on. Because as a professional, you can remove emotion also. And look, this is not emotional. You told me what you want. These are your goals. Um, okay, let's look at worst case scenarios. Yes, you're going to pay a little more for this turnkey form. But guess what? If you get ready to sell it in six months, I can get you your money back because the turnkey is what's selling right now. And, and pick your poison with that. But you've got to be the professional room so you can make sure your client's spending their money wise. It's not salesy. It's it's um, it's just showing where the value is. And, and, and when it's the truth. Yeah, that's it. Land sells itself. You don't have to sell land. Land sells itself. It either meets your goals or it doesn't. And you can afford it or you can't. Exactly. All we all we have to do is help, you know, guide them to those answers that they have because they don't do this every day. That's it's it. Like a heart, you know, we don't do heart surgery every day. That's what you know. You look, and, and well, Slade's broke a lot of right. hearts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now that he's married and kids and stuff off the market. Oh, I thought we were talking about does. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> True. Deer hunting, does, does, uh, hands. But um, you see, you, th- you threw me off with I that. Threw him, I, I, I threw him a curveball, Trav. I, I had something I was going with. I don't know if I've ever heard Slade Priest uh, not have something to say. And I oh, think I, I, did, I, I can did. come up with something <laughs> real fast. Well, Trav, what else we got coming up with UC Hunting Properties? What, uh, what, what do we, where do we see? What can the public see? What can, you know, what are the public going to, their agents going to be able to, to, to know and learn better from what we got going on? out of the box we are going to kind of showcase the lifestyle and the areas of the lifestyle and our marketing going for in, in the next year is that a q1 2024 we're we're working on that or when, what's the plan there the that's when it i mean we're working on it right now but yeah launches q1 is what we're looking at we're kind of targeting convention as the let the cat out of the bag Mm -hmm. you know that convention that starts three days after turkey season starts yeah i know all about it (laughs) (laughs) we left sunday morning last year and i had one dead by dark i sent somebody a picture of a cigar was burning i said that didn't take long it was don bell i sent a picture of you that's awesome well um let me see where we what else we got uh well, I tell you what, I, Travis has been on the podcast before. Now, I don't know if you've ever listened to many of our podcasts, Kurt, but on our podcast, everyone, or did I already do this with you with the $100 million question? Mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. We did it when you guys were up for the NDA. We jumped on that. That is. We did. We did. The, so the $100 million question, do, have you changed your answer any? Uh, probably not, but I don't remember what I told you. So if I answer it incorrectly, Go ahead. I guess call me a liar. Go ahead. 
So your question is if you had a hundred million. Okay, you get a hundred million. You win the lottery tomorrow. hundred million in your account mm-hmm. after taxes. You get a hundred million. Where are we going to buy land and why? Yep. And why am I representing you? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, wow, wow, aggressive. I like it. No, uh, I'd pile it up right here. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd have I'd have an incredible amount of acres, and it would be a very diverse mix. It wouldn't just be rec farms. I'd be buying big egg. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, you can get both if you're looking for the right piece and working right. with the right agent. Um, but I'd pile it up here in Iowa um, first, uh, and then secondly, I would own a ranch in Montana for sure. Oh yeah, we'd be we'd be better friends. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll tell you, if I won a hundred million, I would I would maybe pile it up up here too because my residence would change because my jet would be able to fly me back and forth Word. from Mississippi to to uh, Iowa. Trav. See, I've never even been to Montana, so, so October Trav next year. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I started hauling homily out there with me because I all I blab about Western is, is Montana. Mm-hmm. And I've hunted some other states, but I, I did. I fell in love with Montana. And uh, Trav's got the same disease now. It's uh, it looks I mean it, it it looks unbelievable and so Ryan and I like we had such a I mean we have a good time every year what this year it was like we're getting better and better at it you know we're learning more about calling we talk about okay this scenario and this is how we're gonna do it and all this kind of stuff and so when we got home from elk hunting this year me and Ryan were talking and we talk every day and he uh I said man one week elk hunting enough for me he said I totally agree I said let's do two next year and so then I talked to Kurt so we're gonna do our Colorado and we're gonna do Montana and dude whoo yeah I got you slated 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 they're they're elk are in trouble I'm I'm just telling you I'm 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 mad at him I have not killed one the last two years I'm all glad Blake got his last year and I called him up but I got an itchy trigger finger. We got a Hommelstein on his first bull this year. I saw that. that Good that, bull. He, that bug's bit him fully. Well, that was your first bull? Yeah. That was a that was a pretty bull. How far did you shoot him? 70. Really? Reached out there and touched him with the old. Well, dude, we were, it was an awesome stock, number one. And was uh, he out there with a cow? Or? Uh, he had uh, he had a little harem with him. I don't. Harem, what was yeah. there? Trap dozen? Maybe fifteen. I, I have no idea. I just stood up and shot. It was cool. Yeah, it was super cool. I was laying. Remember, I was the guy laying down face first. Yes, and I looked up and I seen a cow. So <laughs> I got to give you a little little background on this. We busted tail to get ahead of this little harem. Right, they were in a I don't know, kind of a little bowl area. We were up on the ridge, seen them because the bull was hammered. So we went up, looked, and. uh I looked back, I said, Trev, you want to kill that bull? And he's like, I think he looked at me like I was nuts, like there's no way. And he was right, there was no way from where we were. So we hoofed her probably, I don't know, mile and a half, two miles to get around him. And lo and behold, we didn't know this, but the bull actually had bedded um, shortly after we seen him. So he had actually laid down, and we hoofed it all the way around. And uh, got ahead of them, and as he was bugling, we knew where they were at. So his bed bugling. Yeah, it was just a matter of you know, hey, they, they, where do we intersect them? Where do we cut them off? And where we stopped, and this is funny because anyone that knows how big Trav is, big dude, right? Is it, it was like me trying to sneak Sasquatch around. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just don't steal his beef jerky. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He, he don't. He takes that serious. But we were in like knee high grass, like we we were out of cover. 
And uh, there was one tree I was trying to get us to, and we had stopped. And right when we stopped, um, Trav's literally on all fours, and I'm knelt down, and I look up enough to catch a cow looking at me. And it was close. Like, she was probably 50 yards or something. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, no, like, this is over. You know, she's going to blow up. And I said, Trav, do not move. I said, whatever you do, I said, don't even look. I said, the cow's got us pinned down. Well, she did. She started, like, trying to move to get our wind or, you know, get around mm -hmm. to get our wind. And uh, then I see the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And they actually headed right to the tree that originally we were going to try to get to. Well, long story short, then he bugles at 70 yards, or I don't know, 90 yards. I don't even know what it was. Close. And it was close enough where it's like shaking you. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the tips start coming. And I just told Trav, I said, hey, I'm going to range him. And I, and he, he has no idea. He hasn't looked up yet, right? <clears throat> and I said, I'm going to range him. And I'm going to be telling you the range. But I said, you need to draw that bow, posture up, and kill this thing. And just like that, the bull walked literally to the tree. I clicked him a couple times. I said, it's going to be 70. Trav comes up full draw, finds the elk up on the hill. And um, he goes, I'm solid. And I'm like, send it. And he did. Heck yeah. Well, uh, did you have to move your pin down to 70, Travis? Or uh, were you on your knees? What did you do? I, while I was laying down, uh, Kurt was uh, um, kind of telling me where that other cow was. And, uh, you know, she was like at 60 at the, at the, you know, at the end there. And he's like, he's, he's coming behind her. So I just started rolling at 70 and had it ready to go and he said 70 and literally in like just one fast motion, one motion i went back and pulled back and came up and the rest is history did you shoot him off your knees or did you stand up you were on your knees i was still on my knees I was 70 on your knees is travis used to be on his knees so yeah no yeah I, I knew there was somebody was going there <laughs> Only when, only when Slade and those guys win one, I got to get down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, yeah, there is really like people that never done it before. When that elk bugles sub 100, oh. it's a T Rex, it's a cross between a T Rex and a tugboat. It's and, and look, you can't, <laughs> you can't get on video the audio that happens the noises it's just magical and those mountains how it bounce oh it's Coolest just sound in nature in it really opinion. is yeah it really is and it Peyton, that one of your guys agents down there that I, I saw the video the that video i play it all the time i love it well and on that note anyone from uc that's listening to this we we kind of coined uh, the mule deer camp that we do every year out in Montana as, as the UC hunting properties, mm -hmm. you know, annual mule deer hunt. Now we have the elk hunt. This was the first. Uh, next year, Slade and, and Ryan from Southern States will be joining us on the on the second annual. Um, but anyone from UC that, that's interested, we did do a podcast. Our, our podcast is Stand On Your Investment. UC right, right. Property, stand you on find that investment. on all your, plan it on it, this platform. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, we did a hunt recap every night, and that was kind of cool because everyone's got a little different angle of the day. Everyone was going mm -hmm. different directions, and uh, Peyton from your guys' office uh, won that hunt at convention. So. Right, right. He, he won the hunt at convention. 
It's the same as Ben the year before. They yeah. weren't neither one of them were at that convention, and they didn't know they were even in for the drawing. Yeah, in both cases, the brokers stepped up and, right. and bought the office or mm-hmm. their agents' uh, spots at UC Hunting Properties. Hey, Travis, I'm, I'm gonna let you hear it one time. I've got a, uh, I've got one right here. Hold on. Just listen. Come on, come on. That was Blake's bull at about 40 yards. Oh, that's just he would, oh, it's, it's something special. So, anyway, we're uh, we're all going to be in Montana, and it's going to be a blast. I can't wait. I'm like, um, I'm ready to start rucking around and getting ready and, and, and start whatever whatever new expedition I'm shooting, shooting it at 100. And get, that's just the – the whole build up, the anticipation, and then ah, it's just I can't wait. Well, it was cool this year because uh, you know Turtle was putting stuff out on social media the whole week while we were out there, and the whole point is, yeah, we all love to hunt, and it's in our DNA we do this, but it's fun to do it with other like minded people, and it's cool to meet people and build that network from you know all over right. the country, right? I, I didn't know Peyton Wilson from you know, the man on the moon until that hunt. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you right now, I'd go on a hunt with him every year. Ben right. Jackson out of Texas, you know, from the year before, same thing, close friend now. I uh, I went on a hunt. I mean, I uh, me and me and Peyton sold a $1.7 million, and we're about to relist it. So, uh, nice. and um, he's been hitting a couple a couple big licks every once in a while. What'd you say there, hon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Hunter make Hunter made a good point. Drinking our mountain ops, getting ready for uh, getting ready for the elk. We actually hit a little ignite up before we started the podcast, or at least I did. That's why I'm. I've been hitting it every morning <laughs> before we go to the trees. I ain't gonna lie, that black cherry. Oof, that's good. That's uh, it's like Kool Aid. It's good. Well, we're gonna jump off of here. Um, we're gonna go to expedition in the morning, and then we're heading to Missouri. So hopefully, we'll be bringing you a podcast from Missouri. I'm super excited. We got uh, one of our buddies with Titan Blinds coming down. Tony's coming down uh, to hunt with us for opening rifle season. So tomorrow's Monday. Saturday, a rifle starts in Missouri. And so I'm going to bow hunt. Whack me a big one with my bow. Maybe a doe, too. And, Weird. <laughs> and then, uh, then we're going uh, to start rifle hunting on Saturday. And Cameraman Caleb's coming up. We're replacing Hunter Thursday, Friday, somewhere in there. So we got a lot going on this week. And... It's fun because some of our properties uh, in Missouri that I own this year, I've not ever hunted before. And we've been watching cameras, and, and, and it's just fun. I don't know. It adds a – it's kind of like coming hunting up here. Like, I'm, you envision in your mind what the set's going to be like, and you get there. And it's like, I, I would have never envisioned what we saw yesterday just because the angle. And you, I remember you saying it, but it's it's a, it's, it's a big angle. And then the, uh, you know – Well, even tonight, like, not to drag this out, but – you know, we debated on what stand to sit tonight. Mm-hmm. Slate we was picked a good video stand. For me, and uh, I told him it's a transitionary, but I said it's it's the right transitionary. It's on the X. Yeah, it, it's, it, on, it's on the X. They're basically crissing across mm-hmm. there nonstop. Yeah, I mean, heck, almost every buck we saw walked in range, too. The, the one that come down is the only one. And, and if we'd have called it him because he was coming oh, to the yeah. rattling. Yeah, Kurt hit the horns one time and three bucks came. I need to rub on those horns a little bit. Well, um, well, we're going to jump off of here. Uh, thank you all for being on here. Hey, uchuntingproperties.com. Uh, check check it out. You can check out the Stand On Your Investment podcast. It's a lot of good information on there and only getting better and better. And then uh, if you're in the Midwest, tell me, Travis, what all uh, states is uh, y'all's Midwest lifestyle properties now? As of right now, we're in 
Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Kansas, and Michigan. Nice, and I've already heard of one more that's coming. So, and it's a big buck killing state. Yes, sir. Actually, two. Ah, I hadn't well, heard we're about. We're gonna leave it at that. We're gonna leave it at that. We're gonna leave it at that. Well, I'm just gonna mess around in Mississippi and Louisiana. So, do <laughs> what I, do what I can. Come up here whenever it's November and in, in May. All the way up here and bring us Boudin, Trav. I didn't. Uh, I failed. didn't. I'm gonna send him. I'm gonna send him some back up. I did have some cheese curds. Yeah. No, they're they're pretty good. They're pretty good. I, I I'm with you, Trav. The best do come fresh out of Wisconsin, but these were pretty good. I hear you. Well, we're gonna jump off here. Thank y'all for being here. God bless. We're gonna head to Missouri tomorrow, and we're gonna continue the rut big buck killing tour. Y'all have a blessed day. Hey, thank you for listening to the Hunt Land Man podcast. If you will, take a moment, give us a five-star written view, guys. This really helps us out. And if you know anybody you think will be interested in this podcast, please share it with them. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.